Hello everybody, welcome to your second Blood Red podcast of the week. I'm Andy Kelly. Uh, Today I'm joined by Neil Jones and I'm joined by uh, Ian Doyle. And for a change, we're not going to slag off Doyle at the start of this. We're here to talk about one year of Jurgen Klopp at Anfield, as promised earlier in the week. And uh, later on, we're going to be joined by a very special guest. Jimmy Carragher is going to be joining us uh, on the phone to talk uh, about his feelings about uh, Klopp's anniversary. Uh, We've heard from the manager himself. He he doesn't particularly want to to mark the occasion, regarding it's just another day uh, in his sort of uh, journey, as they call it, at Anfield. But uh, we're here to talk about it. Jonesy, looking back a year, um, it feels incredible to me the the difference between Liverpool as a club a year ago to Liverpool uh, as it is now. Yeah, it's a big, big change. Um, Liverpool wasn't a nice club to be involved with I don't think a year ago or just over a year ago because you know those of us who were reporting on it were sort of very much aware of the feeling of the fans and the, the growing sort of apathy and resentment if you like from the fans towards the manager the football wasn't particularly good to watch the experience at the stadium wasn't wasn't great I can remember being at the Carlisle game in the League Cup and wondering how can any manager ever you know get that back on side you know the booze I think on three occasions that night which you don't, you know, you don't often hear at Anfield, and then within a couple of weeks, the mood had changed. And although, although, not everything changed immediately. One thing that definitely did was the, the feeling among the supporters and the, and the fans, and the way that they they went into games, they travelled with more optimism and hope, and they they you know supported a little bit more the, the players and, and accepted a few more of the errors, and that's sustained, and that's still the case. And that you know I was. To, to, to bookend it, I was at Swansea on on Saturday, and you know, even even at the low points in that game where they were losing one nil, was still great noise from the fans. You know, at half time they were singing "You'll Never Walk Alone," you know, very very positively and powerfully. And by the end, you know, they all were left with smiles on their faces. And I think that, in a way, it sums up the, the change in Liverpool's mentality under Jurgen Klopp. In the we did a podcast on the night Brendan Rodgers was sacked uh, uh, just over a year ago. Um, many of us at the time thought he'd been treated relatively harshly, um, but I think the last twelve months have shown that what the Liverpool ownership probably saw was an opportunity to get a sort of manager who simply you don't often get the chance to get, and uh, and whether it was. You know, Brendan Rodgers were, you know, was slightly harshly treated. They couldn't pass up that opportunity, and they seem to have been proved right. Well, that's the case, isn't it? I mean, as you just mentioned, it's not very often that someone like Jurgen Klopp will come along, especially when I think we're just guessing what what his thoughts were in that summer. I think he probably wouldn't have minded going for the Real Madrid job. I think I don't. I know that's just a complete, you know, speculation. But the fact that he was available and Liverpool thought the time had come for uh, to go for him. I mean. I think we spoke in the last podcast about how I think Neil mentioned the fact that perhaps Brendan Rodgers should have gone after the Stoke game, and that kind of that feeling lingered into the into the season, and that's you know that's why the owners decided that they didn't have any other choice. But you know Jurgen Klopp was there; he was somebody who he's spoken since about looking back at when he got the phone call from Liverpool, and he basically said I was on holiday; I was quite happy to have a you know the year off. But the minute that Liverpool you know phoned, you don't say no to Liverpool. And that was interesting hearing him say that because you know, whether, whether we like it or not, Liverpool aren't perhaps the team or the club certainly that they were, you know, 10, 50, well, you know, in the 80s basically, 70s and 80s. But for now, if they're getting a 
you know, a manager like Jurgen Klopp, then, you know, as we've seen already, he's, he's somebody who seems to be, you know, the right man, the right place, the perfect fit for what Liverpool needed at the time. That, that's the phrase. I mean, that perfect fit was a phrase from, I think, John Henry in, in the last couple of weeks has, 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 has trod it out again. And, Jonesy, I was struggling to think of if there was, you know, if you were sort of in, uh, you know, if Carlsberg did... Did uh, you know scenarios for Liverpool fans? Product placements. Yeah, sorry, sorry, we're not sponsored by Carlsberg, but, but yes, we, we are available yet, yes. uh, if they're listening. But um, no, no, I was struggling for most. If you put most Liverpool fans out there now and said you can choose one manager in the world who's going to manage your football club, and I was actually thinking, was there a manager? No, you know, there might be a few who might say Pep Guardiola, maybe a few. I I honestly don't think. There will be there would be a high proportion who say anyone other than that they want Jurgen Klopp to be Liverpool manager. Yeah, so I think that's a very fair point. I think you know, you look at, I think Liverpool as a club, are probably the club in England certainly, maybe maybe further, who place greatest store in their manager and who place greatest faith in their manager and and see the manager as, the, the man who will bring the success. They don't they don't necessarily see it as a player's duty. To do that, they see it as a manager, and you know, you look the flags, the flags on the cop, the the iconic flag is of the, the, the fathers of Liverpool. It's the Shankly, Paisley, Dalglish, Benitez, and and you know, Klopp is someone who. Christian Walsh ended up on that flag on Twitter the other day, didn't he? Yeah, for he some did, reason. Yeah. He's a bit lucky to get on that one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm not sure he's done enough. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, the good, one good season he's had, hasn't mm. he? And that's that's about it. But no, you you do see that Jurgen Klopp is someone who can put their their face on that flag in, in years to come. You know, you think of you think of sort of the personality and I think that's what Liverpool fans do get with managers. They 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 place store in the personality of a manager. And you can see the ones who don't who haven't made it really and you know, you you look at Roy Hodgson and the personality that he's got, that's not someone who was ever gonna chime with Liverpoolians and Scousers and, and Copites. Um, Brendan Rodgers, I think his personality was a reason why he didn't necessarily chime. I don't think I think he was someone who was a little bit removed from from the the mentality of Liverpool supporters in in some ways, not in others. You know, I think he was harshly treated in, in certain areas. But you know, you look at the way Rafa Benitez, for example, is revered because the buy-in that you get with with a manager like that, Kenny Dalglish, the same. They're not from Liverpool, but they. The end up the after Liverpool, and I think Jurgen Klopp is very much capable of going down that road as well. I mean, I always thought that Brendan Rodgers didn't quite grasp, certainly not in the beginning, how big Liverpool were as a, as a club, and I think that's something that Jurgen Klopp knew all too well, which is the why the re, the reason why he came. I mean, I have to go back to when, remember, towards the end of that final Rodgers final full season, where you know on social media we'd see people you know messaging us saying you know we should get Klopp or yeah. Klopp this Klopp that. And I have to say, I always thought... Cop for the cop. Yeah, I always thought, why on earth would he come? Why on earth would he come? Why would he go from, you know, getting to a Champions League final with Borussia Dortmund and competing this, that and the other? And that's why, you know, the summer went, he was still available, Liverpool had to go for him. But I also think that, as Neil said then about personality, I think he saw the club and he just thought, I fancy this. I fancy this. I fancy this looks exactly what I want. You know, he had the experience at Dortmund. I mean, he played. He was at Mainz as a player and a manager, so he probably had the, the, the same kind of bond there. I think he just thought, you know what? Yeah. There's, I, I there's these so. weird connections between the clubs, aren't there? I mean, obviously bound together by "You'll Never Walk Alone" as a sort of, you know, the club's theme song, if you like, or, or whatever. But but it just feels 
there's this connection that that sort of runs right through these clubs of 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 the type of of the way the fans are and and, and well, his first press conference he said Liverpool is like Dortmund it's a workers club he said and now that was the phrase he used and he you know Dortmund I didn't go to Dortmund last year but I, Ian did you go no I wasn't there no. 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 it was a, it's it's quite a it's not it's not a great a, a giant city that you would consider Dortmund it, it's a sort of it's a bit of an, an industrial. Yeah, I've been place. to Dortmund, yeah. but I've not been to. Wasn't yeah, you know, it's not. Yeah. It's not like a sort of sprawling metropolis. You know, that sort of you know, like a London or something like that. It's it's a very football centric place. Liverpool is very similar. Mainz, very similar. You know, uh, James was in in Mainz. James Pearce was in Mainz in the summer, and it was um, it was you know, he said basically you couldn't move for references to the club, and I I, I think you know I don't think he's a particularly. A massive egotist, Brent, um, Brent, um, Klopp. But I do think that he likes the idea that when the, the care comes down on his footballing career, whenever that be, he can go back to places and be be thought of fondly. And not a lot of managers can have that at more than one club. You don't, you know, you think back to where where would Jose Mourinho go when he finishes his career? Where will he go and be like open arms and and sort of you know deified? You'd think he, at the moment he'd still get it at Chelsea, get it at Chelsea. but if, but if United, United... I think he'd get it at Porto. Yeah. 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 But you, Real Madrid, you, know, you, don't, you don't get that at Real Madrid. Never, you don't yeah. get that necessarily into Milan, even though he did incredible things. And Manchester United, you know, unless... How does he top Alex Ferguson at Manchester United? What, what would Jose Mourinho have to do to be a legend at Manchester United? Jürgen yeah, Klopp would only have to win, really, one of two, two trophies. And he would be a lifelong legend at Liverpool. He will always be a lifelong legend at Mainz, and he'll always be one at Dortmund. And we discussed on the previous pod Michael Owen, um, and I, you know the sadness that we had about Michael Owen, and that's what one of the things I had with him is that where does Michael Owen go to be loved now, other than his own home? <laughs> where where, yeah. does, where does Michael Owen can't go to Old Trafford, he can't go to Anfield, he can't go to St James's Park, the Bernabeu. So he's sort of. His career choices have taken him down that road, and I think Jurgen Klopp's been very deliberate in taking him down a different road. Dory, you think about Neil brings up a good point. Jurgen Klopp has left his last two jobs. He's a football manager, for God's sake. He's left his last two jobs of his own accord. Yes. That just doesn't happen, you know. He he made it. He went to the chairman at Mines. Uh, anyone who watches the the brilliant documentary on LSE TV about uh, uh, you know from Klopp to the cop, I think it's called, but it's it's superb. And uh, you know the the president there talking about Jurgen Klopp coming to him and saying, if we don't get promoted, I think it's time you know my journey here is at an end. He decided that he wanted to leave Dortmund despite the fact they were having a you know a, a troublesome season. But you know uh, you get the sense that Dortmund would never have probably have sacked him. It was always going to be. You know, a joint decision between the two, and you suspect if he keeps on as he's going at Liverpool, you know, he will go probably rather dramatically at some stage, whether it's at the end of twenty twenty two or whenever his contract comes up, uh, on his own terms. You know, football changes pretty quickly, so we don't know. But you just get that feeling that when he eventually leaves Anfield, it'll be Jurgen Klopp who makes the decision to go. Well, we've spoken all about his personality and his connection with the fans, but the reason that he was still at all those clubs is because he improved them. It's because of what he does as a as a manager, as a coach, as what he does in the transfer market. And this is the kind of stuff that we, we, we can all be guilty of just overlooking it a little bit, simply because you get wrapped up in the emotion of Klopp the person, Klopp the, not image, but you know, Klopp that, that, that kind of thing that you see on television that we deal with, you know, whenever we see him. Public figure. Yeah, the public figure, yeah. But there's Klopp, the one who's down at Melwood, the one who's you know in the in the dressing room at Anfield, the one who's telling his team this, the one who's in at half time at Swansea, 
and, and, and his team. Stadium. And his, his assistants as well. You've been with him for years, you know, the package as well of, of his assistants. Yeah, because he'll always mention them, won't he? He'll yeah. say, what was, there's, there's brain the brain in the, eye. in the eye, yeah. Yeah. So, that's the, really the reason why Klopp hangs around is because he's good. He is. He, and he, got, you've been the brain in this, this team. Certainly not. With the bins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's, let's look at what he's done well then because let's get into that being good. Um, what we saw... What we saw originally was was you know obviously playing with you know essentially a Brendan Rodgers team which he, you know to a certain extent he still got, but they were at, you know from the very first game at Tottenham they looked a, a, a different outfit took two or three games to get his, his first win didn't he, yeah. um, in terms of what was achieved last season obviously the cup runs and we'll, we'll talk about them in more detail Jonesy the league uh, and this mass of games that Liverpool end up sixty three I think in the end. And he was able to, um, I mean, we've, we've, we think we're doing a little quiz on it on Friday on the Echo, 45 players. So he, he had a good look at what Liverpool had in their squad, uh, albeit a squad that for him felt was you know, probably too big. Yeah, I think, I think what we got from, from Klopp last year wasn't anything that, you, with hindsight, and also at the time, I think you can look back and say it's probably about what you would have expected. You would have got that, that little bump of... of uh, Intensity and sort of, you know, running through walls for the manager, and then at some point it was going to plateau, and the limitations of certain players was going to be exposed, and the you know the the, the limitations of the squads was going to be exposed when the fixtures came. I mean, we, we can all, you know, if we're talking about memorable club moments, which I'm sure we will do later, and I think one of the most memorable I've ever I can ever imagine is seeing the team sheet for Exeter in the FA Cup because I, you know. I, I thought I was on the bench. You know, I, 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 that's that's how how crazy it was, and I, mean, I don't think we'll ever see a Liverpool team like that again under Jurgen Klopp, or in some of the league games that we saw at the back end of the season. But that's what you know. You can you can make the point of the league form, and they finished eighth, and they you know they didn't get into Europe via that. But you have to say Liverpool pretty much jacked the league after after sort of the, at the start of March because they had to. They didn't have the depth to to, to do the battle on on two fronts, and. I think the cup run showed pretty much what what Klopp can achieve with an average team or, or, or you know, a decent to average team. And I think this year we'll find out what he can achieve with a with a good team. And you know, we've seen in the past the Borussia Dortmund, a good team. He achieved incredible things with them, and you know that that's the hope for every Liverpool fan. That it's it's something similar to Liverpool. Ian, what were it, Neil's right? I think in terms of you know an eighth place finish in the league. You know, if you'd said. Liverpool were going to bring in a new manager and he'd finish eighth in the league. I think most people would probably have thought that was disappointing. I think they were tenth whenever Rodgers got sacked, so no massive improvement. But what there were were indications, performances, games where um, they competed, uh, you know, on a, on, a, on a serious level with big teams. Uh, and also, I think probably when we talk about that Europa League run, obviously, I think probably, you know, you could probably say the United game was, you know. Would be fifty, would be fifty fifty. But going on to then beat Dortmund, I think you're probably into you. you know, just take away anything about the the nature of that victory. But in terms of getting through that quarter final, I think then you're into you know plus marks, aren't you? In terms of how far they've got in that Europa League. You know, it's not beyond Liverpool to get to the quarter final of a Europa League. I don't think, but going beyond Dortmund, the team that they they are and were. I think that was where he got into positive marks, wasn't he? Well, it was. I mean, you've got to bear in mind that they didn't have to play some 
tough teams in that Europa League. Yeah. Europa League run up. Quite a lot of those teams could easily be, you know, Champions League teams. Villarreal, Dortmund, Sevilla, yeah. Man United have been for ages, just not yeah. at the moment. But I mean, I know what you're saying about we've seen the seen the glimpses. But the other the other side to that is we've also seen because he played so many games. In some ways, I know he complained a lot about the amount of games that he played last season, or Liverpool played under him, and he couldn't quite believe. You know, the thing was he didn't understand. First of all, it was two legs, the semi-final, yeah, replays, you know, well, replays as well. He didn't quite get. But all of this has actually worked in his favour because, as you mentioned, he's gone through all of those plays. He's seen them all, nearly all of them, in a competitive nature. Certainly, the ones in the cup games, he's seen them, he's thrown them in, seen what they're like. He's and he's there's very few players apart from one or two of the youngsters that he hasn't just given one chance to. I mean, you look at Adam Bogdan; he gave him several chances, and then he's made his decision, and clearly he's he's elsewhere now. But he's he's. Look, he's, you know, he gave Kevin Stewart a chance. Jose Enrique. He, yeah, Jose Enrique. Kevin Stewart's still there. Enrique isn't. Gave Lucas his chance. He's ended up keeping him. Gave Benteke. Benteke's gone. So he had all this opportunity to work out, as you've said, what is required because they played so many games. They had the good points and they had the low points. You look at Watford and you look at Newcastle and you look at West Ham and all those. Even the games at the end of the season were, the, as Neil said, they perhaps just jibbed it a little bit in the league. He'll have taken something from all of those, you know, the likes of Jordan Ibridge, but he's not at the club anymore. You know, it, it's that that's why that was so useful last season. And as Neil said, this is where we're now going to see exactly what Klopp as the manager is made of. John, do you think one of his best qualities has been that he's prepared to accept that players are good players but still aren't good enough players for Liverpool in terms of, you know, we, talk, we talked about perhaps that squad last year. For this year, certainly being too too strong, they may you know potentially need to strengthen it again yeah. if they do qualify for Europe next season, as we all hope and expect they will do. Plus, you know, adding the, the the few youngsters. But is that identifying that you know? I always remember Arsene Wenger when he you know when Kevin Campbell was at Arsenal, he could never quite he was never quite sort of that you know doing quite enough to be a really good Arsenal player. But Wenger always said, oh, I don't want to get rid of him because he'll come back to haunt me, and and you don't get the impression that Klopp would ever say that he'd just take a decision well you know you're a good player he must have thought he, Jordan Ive is a good player but he's taken a very pragmatic sensible approach that there's 15 million pounds on the table I can do more with that than I can with Jordan Ive yeah I think well one one of the things that struck me last season about Tottenham uh, a bit of a beat off a beaten track here but about Tottenham was the reason that they were successful I thought they had a quite a small squad Tottenham and they still have but they had a lower gap between the first choice and the and the second choice in a position. So if they if Lamella couldn't play, then Son Young Min would play, and it, and it didn't make a difference. Whereas I think Liverpool for years have had far too big a gap between first choice centre midfielder and second choice centre midfielder, or first choice goalkeeper, second choice goalkeeper. And so when you have to make changes, and when you have to make two or three changes, it, you see it mile off. And they've had a reliance on certain players, you know, too many. Too many times they've had Torres, they've had Suarez, they've had Gerard, they've had um, you know Sturridge when when he wasn't playing. And I think what Klopp's done now is he's trimmed the squad. He's got it now to a level where you've got sort of 22, 25 players, all of whom maybe you know you have the odd exception that you think I don't I don't have any problems with him playing against West Brom away or I don't you know oh yeah if he has to come in against Swansea then that that's fine you know Lallana's got an injury that's fine Emery Chan can go in there or Coutinho can drop back in there and. The gap between first and second choice, and and the effectiveness of the players, has been has been shown, and I think you're seeing that. We certainly we saw it on Saturday, even with the Lana going off injured, and you know, Coutinho drops back, and they almost 
you know, continue as if it's nothing has happened. And you see with the strength of the bench now, really, that, you know, he's... But, of course, your perception of these players has also changed because of what what, what he's done. You know, it's... it's yeah. you, you, There's players' names you would have seen before and you think, mm, but no. <laughs> yeah, so, but but now, you you know, you, you for instance, you look at that bench on, on you know, the likes of Chan and Sturridge, etc. And it's, you know... That well, that we've we've got rid of players and ended up stronger. That comes down to what we were saying just before, in the fact that they've got they've given all these players a chance. So the fans as well have seen. Oh, hang on, Origi can you know yeah. he scored something like I think it was five in his last six games last season. So they know when he and he scored two and he's the two he started. So they know we can rely on him. We know what storage can do. Kevin Stewart came in, did a did a good job when he was called on, kept it all simple. Lucas Lavers had a chance at centre back, you know, and, and he's kept clean sheets and you know. Because Klopp's given all these players an opportunity in the last season, he now knows exactly what they can and can't do. And perhaps he's kind of taught the players themselves that they can perhaps do more than they were previously believed they could. And now I'm delighted to say we're joined on the line by uh, Reds legend Jimmy Carragher. Are you OK, Cara? Yeah, OK, boys, yeah. Yeah, well, we're, we're here to talk about Jurgen Klopp one year on. Uh, and I was just thinking the other day, we saw the pictures of you and uh, Thierry Henry, obviously with your, your brilliant faces as Brendan Rodgers got sacked. And uh, and then I was just thinking, it sort of bookended the year, bringing it right up to date with, a, you know, about 10 days ago with the Monday Night Football with you and Klopp and sort of almost like talking to the nation. And um, it feels like a very different landscape at Liverpool from sort of that day of Rodgers' sacking at Goodison to, to where we are now, Cara. Yeah, it does, and I think the one man who, who, who takes most credit and, and certainly should take most credit, I think, is Jurgen Klopp. Maybe the, the club also for uh, you know going for Jurgen Klopp. I think I mentioned that uh, he was he was sacked when Thierry Henry had his hands on over my thigh. That, uh, <laughs> the only man Liverpool should be going for is Jurgen Klopp. He was the outstanding candidate. He was available, and there may even be some people thinking at that time that maybe Jurgen Klopp may be looking at maybe teams who were more close to the, the top or winning the biggest trophies around at that time Liverpool well, we weren't struggling but we weren't exactly where we wanted to be hence why Brendan Rodgers lost his job but I mean he was outstanding candidate credit to the club for getting the deal over the line and I think he's been everything that we that we expected him to be you know a fantastic football manager but also a fantastic character in addition to the Premier League and especially being involved in Liverpool and I, I can't think of any manager out there at this moment who would be a better fit for our club Cara, do you think he's actually ahead of schedule in terms of we obviously got two cup finals last season. We didn't win any, and that obviously that's what it, what it all comes down to. But um, you know, we seem like we're a team on the up. Obviously, we're helped by not being in Europe this year and, and those sorts of things. But if there seems to be a real positive vibe, do you think he's sort of ahead of where you would expected him to be? Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, I always remember. When I was playing Gerard Hulier's first season and Rafa's first season, you know, Rafa won the Champions League and, and also got to another cup final, should have that. But uh, at times it, it was a bit sort of stop start. It was the second season that really stamped their authority on it. And, and with Jürgen, he, he hasn't really had a, a first, this is his first full season really. So he's come in midway through the season, not really signed any, any players when he first came in. And, and to get to two cup finals on the back of, let's not forget, of the amount of games he, he had to play through getting to the cup and all the league games and, and different things. There was a lot of sort of stop-start with sort of injuries and different things popping up and, and maybe him not having the time on the training pitch 
uh, but it's so important now when you're there, top managers speak how important the training sessions are and I think that's evident this season and hopefully we'll see that with Liverpool. They have a bonus of, not, not a bonus, but the advantage, if you like, of, of not playing European football. So it's a real chance for him to sort of set his style, philosophy, whatever you want to call it, and ingrain it into the players. He'll have so much more time on the training pitch. But to get to two cup finals with someone else's squad, so what he's done in the summer without really spending any money, if you, you know, Rafa like to call it net spend, I don't think uh, Jürgen Klopp's done done much of that if you have to look at the ins and outs but you know, a great sort of business what he's done in the summer and to, to make Liverpool look like we've got a maybe a, you know, a great certainly a challenge for fourth without a doubt at the top four but maybe you know, people speaking about challenging for the title so I think that shows how well he's done but should remember 27 games in yeah Perry, you still a long way to go you mentioned the squad there and somebody else's squad. Just run down this list of names here. Daniel Sturridge, Philip Coutinho, Simon Mignolet, Adam Lallana, Emre Chan, Lovren, Dejan Lovren, Divock Origi, James Milner, Nathaniel Klein, Roberto Firmino. They're all people signed in the Brendan Rodgers era and maybe with the exception of Daniel Sturridge, players that all seem to be maybe bringing a bit more to their game in the Klopp era. That, uh, as a, you know, When you were a player, in terms of... is. You know, will players just play or will they play more for a, for a manager, one manager than the other? Uh, is there a reason, is it tactical that Klopp's getting more out of them or is it down to the ethos in, in the minds of the players, do you think? Well, well, I mean, I can only speak for myself. I mean, I didn't, I don't, I, listen, it's up to a manager maybe at times to get maybe that extra 4 or 5% out of a player. I don't think manage, maybe now and again, there's the odd example of completely transforming a player's sort of career and taking them to different levels, but... I mean, a player's got his own uh, his own attitude about him, his own will to win, his own desire every day to go and improve. But there's no doubt managers get more out of certain players, and a certain player may enjoy working with the manager even more. That gets that extra ten percent out of them. Uh, but I think a big thing now for managers, and especially in, in this day and age, is I think the days of a manager coming in and, and completely taking over a transfer sort of kitty and doing exactly what he wants and shipping 10 players out and doing what he wants. I know Jürgen Klopp said he, he's, he's got the final say. I still think there was a lot of that with Brendan Rodgers as well. I don't think it's too dissimilar. But I think a big thing now when bringing coaches in is to improve the players that you've got. Because no, no, no club wants to that turnover of players constantly now. And I think that's the reasons why we see directors of football, transfer committees, whatever you want to call it now. There's a lot of clubs who make or are really involved in signing players and it's up to the coach or the manager to get the best out of them. So when a coach comes in, I think the days have, have gone really of clubs accepting that. A new manager is going to say, well, I'm, you know, 150 million, I want to change 10 players. Yeah, Carol, I mean, were you, were you surprised at that? Because, you know, the last the last sort of year and a bit of, of Brendan Rodgers, there was so much doubt about the, the squad and the players, and you think you know, some of the players Andy's listed there and some of them who have moved on. I think everyone expected that whoever came in, whether it was Klopp or someone else, would just automatically be six or seven new starters and he'd change the goalie, he'd change the left-back, he'd change this. He, he's found a different way to do that. and Is that sort of is that down to, to the, the trust he had in the players or the trust that maybe he had in himself? Probably the belief he had in himself. I think he's a very, very confident manager, and rightly so. I think every manager has that belief that he can get more out of players. What normally happens is, as a manager, will go for talks with an owner and he'll say, yeah, them players are good enough, the last manager wasn't getting the best out of them, and then he's there six weeks and he wants a whole new team. That's normally the way. <laughs> yes. uh, but what, uh, what Jürgen Klopp has done, he's actually 
you know, the, the proofs in the pudding, and that those players that you mentioned before are all flourishing under this manager. We, we should add that, you know, some of those players, I think in, in Firmino's case, uh, Brendan probably did have enough time to yeah. to uh, work with him. Because uh, I think he's vital to Jürgen Klopp. I think he'll be one of the most important players in the team uh, to Jürgen Klopp, the way he likes to play and what he wants from his players. So, But I, I think it's brilliant that he's coming and got so much out of those players. And then, you, and then you, you see the actual signings he's made. Now, proper signings, you think of, of Mane and probably Matip as two really, two, look like two vital you know, positions that I think we needed strengthening in. We needed those qualities and straight away they've performed, which I think gives you that belief that the manager going forward in signing players will have the, the right eye to you know, get the, the right player that we need. And of course, every signing doesn't work, but when you spend a lot of money on one player, you want that to work. And at this moment, you know, seven or eight games into the season, Mane's looked, uh, has looked fantastic and, and massive, I think, has, uh, has been brilliant since he came in the last uh, few weeks. He's coming a little bit late, his first game at Tottenham. All he needs now is a clean sheet. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, you, you obviously spent a bit of time at Jürgen recently on, on, on the Sky and obviously you got to, to see him sort of face to face and, 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 and get a, a bit of his personality you know, in yourself. Did, did, um, does that sort of, does that tell you why these players maybe are flourishing, the type of character he is, the way he speaks, the way he gets his message across? Because I imagine for a player he's, he's a dream to, to, to work with on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, I, I speak to a couple of the players, uh, not too many of them, but now and again you see some of the players, and you're always asking what a new manager's like, or what he, what, what, you know, is it an act on the TV or in the interviews? And well, that's one thing I found when he, he come in on the Monday that uh, it's certainly not an act. That's just him being himself, and he's just he's a fantastic character. The type of character you look at, you think you'd want him around you. You know, you'd want him around you, whatever you were doing, whether you're watching a game of football, playing football, going for a bevy. Whatever it may be, that type of character that I think uh, just makes you feel good, and he's always laughing and joking, and, and he's a very down to earth fella, really. You know, speaking to him, I mean, I haven't had too much dealings with him since he came. Really, I, mean, I don't go to Melwood. Well, I, you know, I never go to Melwood now, obviously. Because I'm not there, so I would never. We, we saw your free kick with Mane, Carol. We saw your free kick. Oh yeah, but if you notice, that was in the uh, the little gymnasium, but at the side, I never went into the actual uh, thing. I don't want to bother the players, but. No, so I mean, I wouldn't say I know him that well. I was the first time I've had a proper chat with him. I've been in to see him a couple of times to try and get him on the show, basically about 10 or 15 minutes yeah. uh, over the last 12 months. Uh, so that, that was my only uh, dealings with him. And then obviously we had a you know, couple of hours before the show and the hour on the show, which was great. And uh, he's everything that I expect him to be, a very funny man. And uh, certainly knows what he's talking about. Cara, just going back to when uh, Jurgen Klopp first arrived at the club, do you feel as though he was the right person at the right time? Because obviously when he when his first press conference he was talking about how he felt there was a pessimism about Liverpool, certainly amongst the supporters, but there doesn't seem to be that now and it's his kind of enthusiasm, he's, it's kind of rubbed off on the fans, hasn't it? It has done and I think he's... I love how sort of he doesn't get swayed by, you know, opinion really. I, I, I noticed that he in the game we ought to rip it up and start again didn't we and it was only two or three games into the season and he was like no this, these are good players and, and a bit in the summer we, I think it felt like we were all disappointed with the transfer business we'd done as we, as we spent it we got enough quality and he was like you know don't forget some of the things these players did last season and he was spot on you know the Manchester United game the Dortmund game the Royale yeah we were disappointed in the final but some of the performance those players put in at the end of last season I think gave him great belief going into this season and he didn't need to spend as much money as maybe the others and I think a case in point was some of the performance of 
I've had him Lallana since he's uh, since he's become the manager. He's been a revelation, really, in that new midfield. So he's got, and I think it's more that as well. The belief he has in his squad, I think, rubs off on them. But also, it looks like you know, as Liverpool fan, I suppose any fans now on his social media, it only takes one bad, or not even one bad game. I was reading Twitter after at half time in the Swansea game. <laughs> right. We all were. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but you know that's that's what you have to, that's the world you live in now. You have to accept that. But I think it's very important that your manager and players don't get sort of dragged down and become involved. And I like the fact that he seems to be. Above that, he doesn't let him sway him, or you know, he's got his own beliefs, and as I said, he's got to believe in it. Cara, the 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 only if I'm here to be the voice of pessimism, if you like, but it, the only thing that sticks out of me is if Liverpool can't get where they want to go, and obviously winning a Premier League title is where they want to go. If they can't do it under Klopp, it seems to me that there doesn't seem to be a chance of anyone else doing it. You know, he seems to have done everything right. Uh, and if it doesn't happen now for Liverpool then either it's not going to happen with the, in the current ethos of the club in terms of what we spend and under this ownership and, and to break that cycle of you know that goes back to you know 1990 or whatever that you know it's going to have to be a fundamental change probably at, right at the top of the club I mean do you, do you think it, is it you know if it doesn't happen under Klopp it, it's not going to happen No I don't think that I don't think we should ever get hung up on you know you know, Steve Gerrard's not there no more. We've all said, oh, no chance of winning the Premier League or the European Cup without Steven Gerrard there. And you look how well the, the team are doing this season. It's still early days. You can never be bound by one person. But, of course, I think he's a, he's a special manager. I think at, at this particular moment, we could get anyone better than him. Uh, and ideally uh, suited to the club. But, I mean, sometimes in terms of, of, of winning the league or winning the Cup, sometimes you, you look at the Leicester situation. Sometimes it's about not just what you do, it's about what the other teams do. You know, you could have a season where it could be this season where, you know, are we the best squad or the best team? Everyone would have thought at the start of the season, probably not. But we've made a great start. But you think maybe it could be as as time goes on, the other teams are involved in Europe. I don't actually, you know, Leicester were brilliant last year, but no one ever gave them a prayer this season because we thought it was just one of those seasons. So sometimes that's what the other clubs do as well. But uh, in terms of where Klopp... I mean, over these next few years, I mean, he's been to two cup finals. You're hoping a manager like that can can bring us some trophies. It's not easy now. We've had a barren spell, but I mean, one day he won't be there. And as I said, I think you may be looking then at the model and thinking, well, okay, you talk about doing it the right way and, and different things. I, I think they've been good. But uh, is it a case then that like you're saying that we, we could only win it if we had a Man City situation or a Chelsea situation? I mean, that's the. That's what it comes to in the end. Jamie, yeah, I mean, just just to, just to sort of draw a line under under the the, the year, if you like, have, have you got a sort of a moment or a game that sticks in the mind for you uh, that, that sums up Klopp's time? I mean, you, there's a few yeah, I can think of off the top of my head, but have you got one that sort of you think that was the that was the archetypal sort of Klopp at Liverpool moments? Oh, it has to be the Dortmund game. I don't think I'll ever forget that being in the. Uh main stand with me lads watching that I mean I've been very lucky to have played in some great nights but I think that could have maybe even topped them all and then to see Jürgen Klopp on a pitch at the end considering it was against his former club and yeah. saluting all four sides of the ground it was a no I think it was a no special night I will never forget I mean just if we could have won that final in Seville I think that would have made it maybe 
that, that probably the best night at Anfield, certainly right up there. But I think it probably just sums up Klopp really in, in these 12 months that we can see that one end, but we can get goals at the other. And you know, the crowd, the passion, his energy on the side of the pitch, I think that's it. Uh, that'll be a game Jurgen Klopp never forgets. Yeah, me and, me and Dolly were next to Neil Meller in the press box that night, and uh, I think I think we can safely say he enjoyed himself as well. He was uh, <laughs> he got throughout, I think, at one stage. <laughs> Cara, well, listen. Thanks very much for joining us. I couldn't, can't let you go without mentioning that you're uh, you're pulling the boots back on again on Sunday up at Bootle, and uh, it's for a very good cause as well. Yeah, it is. I mean, fortunately, enough, some of the some of the other lads are going to come down, going to get you and the international break. So hopefully, there's not too much. Uh, obviously, well, obviously, there's not too much football and. I think you'd rather watch us than watch England, wouldn't you? Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And you've got a good, good crew coming down. Robbie's coming down, and, and Big Yan as well, and people like that. Yeah, yeah, some great players down there, and uh, it was produced a couple of decent players in the past. So uh, hopefully, you'll see a few better ones from uh, not just the local area. But no, it's great that we're you know down at Bootle. That's obviously where I was from, and uh, hopefully, you'll have a good day down there. Like, doing all right at the moment this season, Bootle. Brilliant, Caro. Thanks very much for cheers, joining us, mate. Yeah. Speak to you soon. OK, cheers, boys. Thanks a lot. Ta-da. Ta-da. Well, thanks very much to Caro for doing that. Uh, great to hear his views. Um, John Ian, I just want to finish by looking at maybe what Klopp's still got to prove. We've, I mean, we said loads of nice things about him in, you know, in the last half an hour. But, you know, the, there are elements that, that you know, we, we still have yet to be answered. Um, Jonesy, you know, obviously the most obvious one is, you know, can he get over the line in either a competition or a final? His final record uh, is it is a is a poor one at the, at the moment. I think it's five out of his last six he's lost. For all that, there were scenarios that made winning all those games difficult. Um, you know, taking on Bayern Munich, uh, etc. In the, in in you know a couple of times in those. So. Um, you know what stands out for you as some of the things he's he's he's, he's got to he's, he's got to prove still. I think I think the same as every Liverpool manager's had for however long. It's consistency and it's it's can you can you make the highs a regular thing instead of a you know Liverpool really shouldn't shouldn't have memorable moments in quarterfinals and and you know. Second round Europa League game shouldn't be memorable to Liverpool fans. That's not what the club has been built on. I know, I know, you know, you can't argue with what Dortmund was last year, but it wasn't. There's nothing at the end of that except another couple of games in the Europa League at the end of the day. You know, so can he can he turn it from one memorable game a season or two memorable games a season into twenty twenty five? Whereas the things that stick in your mind, maybe it will be the. The off days, and you you think, oh god, you know, we were brilliant that season, except for that game at Burnley when we got beat. And I think that's the challenge for him. Can he can his method sustain over the course of a season? We've seen at Dortmund it did in the league, and it did in the Champions League. Can it do it in the Premier League? You know, the signs this season are pretty good so far, but we are only seven seven league games into the into the campaign, and big test to, to come. Liverpool have had a couple of injuries, you know. They had loads last year. They've started to get a couple of the start of this. Can the squad sustain them them challenges? Can he get players who aren't playing every week to to buy in, even when they start thinking, "Well, I'm not first choice." Can he can he keep them motivated throughout the course of the season with less games, less time to to give them a chance in a cup match or a Europa League game? And I think that that for me that'll be what we'll find out around the season. The other thing I, I'm pretty I can lead Doyle onto it, but I think the other thing will be, you know. 
what's his eye for the player like? You know, has he can he bed these new players in? Yeah, I mean Doyle, we've 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 seen him spend money, proper money. We've seen him spend you know good money on Mane, um, which is you know I think he goes down as our second highest ever. ever. He could be if he could be the most if he if he if, if all the the add-ons get added on. Uh, you know, obviously big money on Wijnaldum, twenty-five, which you know is is not to be sneezed at. Um, and he he's already told us he he expects to do less business going forward, um, but. We've, you know, we've, we will. There are other things that we need to discover about him in the transfer window. And uh, uh, what, what else do you think he still needs to prove? I think if you, if you look at specifics, we could talk about defending set pieces and working with the defence. And the, then there's the whole goalkeeping situation, which obviously we've dealt with in a previous podcast. I think the other thing, picking up on what Neil said about the consistency over the course of an entire season, it's also whether or not he can convince the players and the fans that they can do it. I think that goes right back to what he said at the start when he first was unveiled, where he wanted to turn doubters into believers. And the ultimate one will be turning the players to believe that they can actually you know, win the league or win a Champions League or win a Europa League or win a competition. Because they always say you know, the first one's the most difficult when it comes to a trophy. Liverpool haven't won anything since I think it's 2012 to the League Cup. They've, they've lost a few finals since, I think it's three finals since then. Uh, and finished, finals yeah, well. and two semi-finals, and they finished second in a in a title chase. So it's not like they've been absolutely awful, but it's just as Neil said, Liverpool are a team that they don't want to be remembered for quarter-final wins in the Europa League, but they actually want to be remembered for winning stuff. So it's whether or not Jurgen Klopp can convince the players that they're good enough, and convince the fans that the players are good enough and the team's good enough that they can win the league. Because if Liverpool are going to win a big trophy in the next couple of years. It's going to be not just with because of the manager, not just because of the players. It's going to be because of the manager, the players, and the fans all together. What about you, Andy? Do you have anything that you think that? Uh, I mean, for me, I think it's about creating players who can be leaders on the pitch. Which you know, I just think you you know, a couple of times there's there's still that thought: is there a, is there a, you know, you can't really say it in the second half at the Europa League because. You know, Henderson was sat on the bench, wasn't he? You know, injured. But you know, it's about you know having a, a character, and you don't like to use you know bring Gerard back into it. But is there someone there who, when things are going wrong in a in a real gnarly situation, who can just go right? You know, this is what you know. I thought Graham Souness type yeah. character who's just going to be the the guy who everyone will come behind. And you know, I think Jordan Henderson is a tremendous player, and I think hopefully. He will prove that he can be that that man going forward. But also, you know, people like James Milner and people like that who can be those leaders on the pitch and just take that next step, as you, as you refer to, John. Just take that next step and go. Um, you know, people got very upset at the uh, in the new main stand with the um, the plaque to uh, uh, the Dortmund game and Dejan yeah. Lovren's goal. And uh, you know, I, I could understand that for all that. I think it was just to mark an, an unbelievable nice, yeah. game of football and for me it was still something nice and, and positive for everyone who was there that night uh, and I famously wasn't um, but it's not that I mentioned it but you know I think it was you know a nice thing to do still but it's taking that next step and just you know when, when, it, when it gets really difficult that there's there's men in red jerseys who will who will stand up and that hopefully you can create those um we'll move on and finish maybe just with our favorite um 
Jurgen Klopp memory of the first 12 months. Um, Doily, I'll come to you because I have a feeling you're going to choose one that will resonate with a lot of people. Which, and we... which you won't wear at. Which, which I wasn't yeah, that, that, Which is just the only reason I'm picking it. No, it's the, Dort- it's the Dortmund game. It was just, let's be honest, it was pretty ridiculous. I mean, I've been you know watching football for a long time. Uh, quite a long time. And for all the times that I've been gone to Anfield, and I was there for the... The Olympiacos game, I was there for the Chelsea game, I was there for both Chelsea semi-finals, I've been there for numerous wins over Manchester United and, uh, and you know derbies against Everton. But the whole way that that evening went, from the atmosphere to the build-up to the way the game ebbed and flowed and then just the, the, you know, the manner of the victory and how dramatic it was, I don't think that's ever been topped. I mean, I can't remember ever seeing anything like that at Anfield ever. And I think that in some ways that's like Klopp's first gift to the fans. He's like, he said, well, there you go. That's what I can do. That's what we can all do together. Going back to what I said before about everybody working together and we can create these memories. And I think he's a manager who does create memories, which go again, goes right back to what we were talking about earlier on about personalities and going back to the likes of Mainz and Dortmund because he's gave, given them memories, not just of winning stuff, but of, you know, a time like, oh, I remember when I was, remember this, when this happened, remember this, when this happened. It's because, you know, Jurgen Klopp was there and that's what fans like as much as winning silverware. Jonesy, what's the favourite memory that Jurgen Klopp has gifted you of the last 12 months? <laughs> um, no, no. The, the one that I would I would pick out and don't, you know, listen, I'm not I'm not doing this to be hipster or anything like that to be different, but the, the Norwich, the Norwich last minute, the celebration, the, the broken glasses, the, the Baywatch run down the touchline towards Lallana, you know, it's, that that's where it, that's where it comes, it comes back to what Doyle just said really, is that he, He's he's wild, isn't he? And his football can be wild, but it's it's good. It's good when it comes off, isn't it? It's, it you know that that was ridiculous game. Liverpool, Liverpool were terrible, you know? <laughs> and came out of it with the like, in the best mood ever. These these lads are tra- traveling back up to, to Merseyside, thinking our our boss, our boss is our manager, and our boss is our team, and they, they weren't. Stephen Naismith ripped them apart, but they, they get that moment, and you know their their images that when. Whenever it comes to an anniversary or it comes to a you know ten of the best Klopp moments, I think them pictures will always be shown because that will be the time when you'll say, look, there's there's you know a player who's derided by in some quarters with his top off, jumping on his manager, the broken glasses, the whole squad together, and I think if he goes on to achieve something at Liverpool, I think that will be a sort of key part of of how he achieves it. Well, it's almost as if we planned this, which we certainly don't. But uh, you mentioned having a boss team. And my favourite clock memory of the year had happened off the pitch. And that was uh, his interview with uh, Little Isaac on the Cop Kids. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I just thought, I mean, that happened. I look, I look back today, that happened last November. So he, he was only yeah. barely a month into being at Liverpool. And uh, you had Little Isaac, I'm sure everyone's seen it on uh, on video, teaching uh, Klopp to speak uh, Scouse and uh, famously with his famous catchphrase, uh, boss that. And, uh, you know, I just thought it was a man who was absolutely comfortable in his new home and his new city and knew exactly how to act as a Liverpool manager. Completely natural and just, uh, you know, completely um, won over masses of people with that one and, one and moment. On, that was the that was the week of the Man City game that they won four one and he he went he's, on and used 
He used the phrase in his post-match press conference as well. Which everybody was like, because it was the video hadn't come out by then. Yeah, everyone was just, thinking, why did he say that? He just left. <laughs> he, he stood up, wasn't he? As he was leaving, he just said, oh, boss, that. And then that was it. <laughs> I remember sitting in the front row of the, the, the press thing, thinking, that was a bit weird. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good, but boss, that. So, well, to sum up Jurgen Klopp's first 12 months at uh, Anfield, I think we can leave it in his own words, and specifically those of Little Isaac, boss, that.